All right, welcome back. This is uh, First Gen Wealth Podcast, uh, Episode 9. We're going to jump right into it. I got my brother here as usual, uh, Jim. Thanks for being here. Making Love the, it. Making the big, long trip across the block. I have to go all the way around. That's a long trip. That's a long trip. Well, three seconds. Um, yeah, so we've been kind of knee-deep in some of the shit that goes on with real estate, uh, the dark side, the bitching that you hear, um, some of the negative stuff that you can expect, the, you know, the risks, the pitfalls, the, you know, all of those things. And I'm like, I'm sick of that. So let's talk about, um, some of the awesome things. All right. And, uh, one thing I, that I I'd like to talk about, um, is something that's happening for me this week, which is one of the benefits in, uh, owning real estate that I found to be probably my favorite, and that's uh, refi cash out. Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is a situation where obviously you know been at this for a while, um, but we've uh, I've got a, a building down uh, south, uh, you know, south end of the state with a partner. Um, we bought it, I would say, very right. You know, I think we we got a very good deal on it when we bought it. Uh, we did some work. We you know put a ten, a good tenant in there. They did some work, and um, so now we're doing a refi on that, and we're pulling out about six hundred and some thousand dollars that we're going to split between wow. the two of us. So the beauty with that is, you know, we're going to have debt on that, which is a little higher now, but we're still in really good shape. Tenants paying that, right? So we're still actually, you know, having the tenant buy down that equity. And making money on a monthly basis and putting a big chunk in both of our pockets, tax-free. Yeah, tax-free is the biggest thing. And I don't think people realize the power of that. Dude, that's real. Three, that's not three 300000 and then, you know, minus taxes. Yeah, you're right. It's huge because it's a loan. It's a, it's, a, it's a loan and you don't pay taxes on borrowed money. And so when you have assets that are performing and... Um, you know, you can, you can have them appraised for more than you've got into them. You can pull equity out to use for other things tax-free. And this is a case that I've, you know, <laughs> these are my favorite days. Yeah. It's actually, <laughs> it's my favorite know, do the day too. Cause you typically owe me some of that. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's part of the business. You, you always owe somebody. So, you know, you got this, this going on, but no, it's, and it's, it's wonderful because, um, you know, this is a thing that is like a side benefit from owning this real estate. Because now, as we, as we as we put the new debt on it, that'll you know we've got interest we're going to write off. We've got that depreciation that continues to be written off. It closes the gap on how much monthly income, how much cash flow we're going to get going to get because we're taking right. We're like the spread's a, not as big, but yeah, because we're basically getting a cash advance on that. Mm-hmm. But then it's it's happening. So you go five years from now, you can literally do that again, yeah. Right? Because it'll be, the the equity will be there, and you can do that again. And I've done it twice this year on on large assets where we've 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 done refis, and I'll do. I've got another one coming up in January. And so, the, the the other side benefit of that there's tax advantages of carrying debt on that property because you have a bigger interest expense, so you're getting that money tax free, and you know long term you're you're minimizing your future taxes. Yeah. That building actually should, the way that we've got it structured will be a loss 
a tax loss next year. We'll be pulling income, but because of the interest and the depreciation, it'll get written down to the point where we won't pay taxes on that on that income next year either. So what do you what would your thoughts be to say like the rich get richer? Because obviously you know you're doing this, but like. Donald Trump, any real estate tycoon, Robert Kiyosaki, they brag about, well, I don't pay taxes because yep. I invest in real estate and it's the smart thing to do. They're not doing anything shady. They're not, they're just taking advantage of the tax code that exists for whatever Correct. reason. So, um, so what, what's your counter argument to, you know, the rich get richer or like even, it doesn't even have to be real estate. Cause like Elon Musk will do this where he'll borrow money against his Tesla stock yep. because it makes way more sense to pay 6%, 8%, whatever interest it is on that money tax-free than pay capital gains rates or whatever the ordinary income rate would be to sell that stock. Yep. So you're just taking advantage of the tax code in a very smart and strategic way. Yeah. And it just comes down to, you know, you got to get started. Uh, you know, this has been a journey. We, you know, I actually met with uh, somebody this morning. You remember when we we had an episode in the season one where we kind of had a call for action for people to reach out. Yeah, and we we're going to give them assignment. I remember that. Yeah, and a guy did, and then I forgot who it was, and then he commented on <laughs> they commented on a Facebook post, and I was like, oh, that's the guy. So I reached out to him, and and he was here this morning, and we went over all his stuff, and I and and you know he's low thirties. Yeah, um, has a great. W two income wants to get going in something, and I said, "I look. I'm looking at. He, he did a fantastic job of putting together his family budget and all his debts and everything. I mean, he was very uh, uh, open book with me, and I appreciated that. and And we went through it, and I was like, "This is eerily similar to what I looked like 15 years ago." So I was like, "This is great. Yeah, like you've got all." So he had like I don't know forty five thousand ish of of debt right. That he's paying monthly payments on, on like five or six different things. And I'm like, this all equals $900 a month that you're paying. So we kind of went over how you can like wipe that out and start putting it aside. So I'm like, dude, you're day one of a 15 year plan and he's got young children. I mean, yeah. it, it's perfect. So, so, you know, the idea, the rich get richer. Yep. hundred percent. They worked for it. And they got to get theirs. They had to start. So like you're day one now on your journey. And as you build a business, build a real estate portfolio, it's the 10, 10, 11, 12 years from now, it gets really awesome. Yeah. And, it, and the, the, the doors that open because you've got a portfolio of in a, a history of operating. I mean, it's like you and I've got an opportunity that we can take advantage next year that they came. I mean, they came to us. Yeah. I can't wait until that comes out. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but like, so you said, so this guy's where you were at 15 years yep. ago. So fast forward for him 15 years later, refinancing a property, pulling $300,000 out was your share. So this similar situation, I just helped somebody buy a home on land contract for like 60 or 70,000. I don't remember what the exact price was. They needed some work. So they did some work and they just refinanced through us and pulled out 110,000. It's a similar thing, but at a much smaller scale. Yep. And that like, you know, when you hear $300,000 for you know, our average listener, that's a lot of money that you're pulling out, but you started with somewhere. And for these people, it was just a really small flip, 70,000 acquisition. They put in 20 K or whatever it was. And then they just pulled out 110 because now they've, they want to pay themselves back for the repairs. 
and then use the extra money to go out and buy another property. Mm-hmm. So you have to start somewhere. And so when you start thinking of, you know, 600,000, 300,000, whatever million dollar property that was, like that's not where you're starting. You can start super small. Like you said, you're on day one of your 15 year plan. Yep. And now that debt starts getting paid off. You can start leveraging oh, that as so- assets again, or take advantage of the significant cash flow you're going to have. Oh, uh, dude, it, in, in that, you had mentioned it a couple episodes about how, and we didn't really get into it. And I want to get into it. How, when it turns, and what I'm saying is, when they start having all the equity, there's no debt, right? I looked at. <laughs> I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna share it. I don't care. Like, think what you want, people. I don't care. Like, we're paying 1.3 million dollars a year in mortgage payments right now. My portfolio. My real estate portfolio. One point three a year. One point three million dollars <laughs> per year. You might have me buy like. It's a lot a of million. money. <laughs> it's a money. It's a lot of money. But but I'm not writing that check. That's you know those are separate. It's a uh, thirty some twenty twenty eight thirty two something properties. Yeah. Um, that all have tenants, and they're all separate companies, separate entities. I mean, the, the, we got a file cabinet full of checks for yeah. checking accounts and those tenants pay. And then those leases or those mortgages get paid through those businesses. I don't sit here and write one point, you know, right. whatever. You're not, yeah. You're not yeah. personally writing those checks. So, so it's a hundred, so- what is that? A hundred thousand, 110,000 a month in mortgage payments, right? 1.3 million. Yeah. So, so, you know, that, like I said, 14, 15 years ago, that that number was zero. It was my house, yeah, which was you know nothing, right? It was a small little house. But today it's it's ballooned, and and we're down, you know, in year fourteen, fifteen, and as I get to sixteen, seven, year eighteen, year nineteen, year twenty, and those are all gone. That one point three million is income, right? Yeah. It's, that's it's, massive. That's where you say when it flips, it like flips in a significant way. You're talking a hundred thousand plus in income that you weren't getting yeah. before. You know? So that's where would you at that point, let's just say, you know, you start to get some of this debt either a windled down or let's say it's paid off. Mm-hmm. Would, is that where you would then potentially leverage that money again or property because yeah. you want to take that money tax free at that point or it feels like the right thing to do. Right. So, um, having it paid off, Let's look at, uh, you know, I've got an asset that's probably worth two and a half million dollars over in Durant, right? So that mortgage is uh, 9000 bucks a month. Um, so that's a pretty significant amount of money. But if I get it paid off, the $9,000 a month isn't going to be able to like, like you said, that you can't do anything big with that. Right. I mean- a lot of shit's paid for by that asset now, yeah. right? Uh, but if I were to get it paid down to like, you know, maybe there's only a couple hundred thousand dollars or a half a million dollars left on the debt, and there's another opportunity over here, and I can put, I can pull a million dollars in cash tax free, because if I suddenly get that nine thousand dollars a month, I got to, that's going to be tax, taxable. right? Yeah, tax different, yeah. Whereas, passive income, but it's still you're paying taxes on. It. Yep, but but if I were to just Okay, let's re up. Tenants are still strong. We've got good leases. Things are going good. We, the the building's in good shape. We don't have any capital needs, right? Any capital expend, expenditures needs. Um, let's put a new mortgage on it. Pull out a million flipping dollars tax free 
that we can now, I don't know, go buy a $4 million or a yeah. $3 million. Well, asset. the risk is, I mean, you're saying like the benefit is yes, you're pulling out tax free. The risk is now you have debt on that property. So if property values plummet or we run into a recession or depression mm-hmm. or like, that's the risk that you, that, that you which encounter is, with that. Which is why you've got to be so strategic about what you're buying to begin with. So, you know, number one, I, I, we're not overbuilt and this. I'm talking, this is a retail strip mall. So we're not overbuilt in that category. Um, we're probably underbuilt because we're, we're underbuilt on housing. Right. So, you know, for me, it's like, I don't see unless something crazy happens, yeah. but then it would just be a dis- different decision at that time. But I'm strategic about where, where we buy. Like I want to, I want to, I want a good asset in a good area, not the best area. Cause then it's too expensive. And then you're dependent on high dollar rents. I like to be dependent on low rents. Well, when you buy this particular in general, there's not a lot of two and a half million dollar properties in Durand. So Correct. you bought it. I wouldn't say distressed, because the property was in good shape, but you bought it where oh half a of lot it of, was vacant. Yeah, it was like high vacancy. Yeah, well, the grocery store was vacant, and it took us a couple of years to find that tenant. So I mean, it's a what is it seventy thousand square feet, and thirty five thousand of it was a grocery store. So half of it was technically vacant. There was some other vacancies too. I think yep, wasn't there? But now there's none. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so you've got to be active in, in, in pursuing tenants and, and things of that nature. But we didn't get ourselves into a position where we needed super high rents, you know, just average market rents or, or some even are below still because they were in leases that were long term. But it's just strategizing and buying right and, and getting yourself into a situation that if somebody does leave, um, you're not, you know, you're not beholden to some high dollar rent. Like in the case in point would be that Starbucks situation, right? I built that building down, down on the East end and it's like high rent. And I'm like, if they leave, they ain't ever going to get that dollar amount again. So we sold it, right? It was worth to me the most the day it opened. Yeah. And so that we didn't keep that. Yeah. But, um, We'll see if that is the right thing to do or not. But, you know, I just didn't see it. Like if, it, if they closed after five years, they probably won't. They do pretty good. But, you, you know. think so. And, you, they, you know, in the, I've heard a saying, you can't go broke making money. You say, you, you say this to me all the time. You can't go broke taking a profit. Yeah, you can't go broke making money. Yeah. Or taking a profit. Taking so it, if you yeah. sold it and you did okay with it, no matter how little or small, you know, big it was. Yep. Can't go you broke, can't go broke, broke making a profit. That's right. So, That's right. I mean. Was it the right decision 10 years down the road? Who knows? But who cares? Like you've moved on and you've that allowed, you know, making that decision at that point in time allowed you to do other things that maybe wouldn't have been done if you held on to it. So I always look at it as like, you know, man, if I would have just held on to that stock or if I would have, you know, kept that property in Detroit, um, you know, that we bought when the market was down, if we still own that today, what that would mean for us. Like, no, because we took a profit and we did something cool with it. We built yep. apartments above Radio Shack. So like, yeah, so you can't go broke making a profit. So take some money. out. It's a pile of money. It might yeah. not be a huge pile of money, but it's a pile of money. Can't go broke taking a profit. That's right. And I, like, I, I do say, you know, you just make the decision with the information that you have in that moment in time and you got to move on. 
I do the same thing though with stocks. It's like, son of a, <laughs> shoulda. Yeah. Oh, dude, you know how much Bitcoin I had in 2017? Yeah. And Ethereum I had in 2017? Uh, Whatever. Yep. I made a profit on it. Can't look back. Can't look back. But just, you know, just to kind of like understand like the, the lifestyle that this business can lead to. And I'm not there yet by any means. Like, they're meaning where I want to be. And as we know from that's, that's going to change. But what I want to do is be able to, um, you know, have everything on autopilot all managed for me. And I can just kind of make high level decisions on a weekly or biweekly or monthly basis. Just kind of look at the sheets, you know, the balance sheets and just make those bigger chess moves rather than worry about the roof or the, Right. The tenant or this or that or the other. Well, we're getting better at that. I feel like, and you know, you've helped me a lot with that. We're like, I think you saw me shoveling the sidewalk or I don't know, raking leaves or whatever out in front of a business one time. Like, you know, that's a pretty, you know, your hourly rates pretty high for doing a task like that. So So we call it tripping over a dollar to pick up a dime. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to save a, a dime by doing some task yourself. When there's businesses built to do that task, your time is better spent where you make your money. So even if like shoveling the snow might only take you an hour, what did you really save? Right. 40 bucks. What did it cost you is more of the thing. If you would have devoted that one hour to anything that you make money on, you would have been 10, 10 X ahead of it. You hear this with like landlords that might have like, you know, two or three properties that they're mowing the lawns of their tenants or whatever. Yep. And well, you know, I kind of like mowing the lawn. Well, cool, because come mow my lawn. Well, I, you know, I don't like it that much. Well, of course, no one likes mowing a lawn. You don't do it because you love it. Otherwise, yeah. you'd come mow my lawn for free. Right. If you love it that much, like if there's something I truly love and you ask me to go do it, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. Yep. So you can't say that I re- actually kind of enjoy doing it. No, you don't. No. You're trying to save that penny. And for, you know, maybe a landlord that has two or three properties and it's a weekend, you know, thing. Maybe that's the right decision, but if you're trying to really grow your business, that's the thing. You can't be focusing your time on tasks like that. And you should be buying and and factoring that expense in because when you are spending time on that, that means you're not spending time on uh, something else. And that's the biggest thing. Um, You should be spending time finding opportunities. We all should. Yeah. If it's your goal to like, like I said, grow the business, but yeah. if you're just happy and content with your two rental property, you're probably not and listening and that's fine. And that's totally <laughs> or fine. Your mom. Like there's, yeah. They're, or your mom. They're, that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and, I get, I get that. I, I, but like to me, we, you should factor, you should just factor those expenses in. And if it doesn't pay for itself, then you shouldn't buy that one. Move on and keep looking, spend the time. So you're not mowing lawns. And I have done that. We all have. I think yeah. if you're in real estate, you've done stuff that you don't want to do from time to time. Correct. But I think the like as 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 the thing builds, you know, and, and I'm looking five years down the road, it's going to be very different than it is right now. And it was very different five years ago. And it's going to continue to evolve and get bigger and better. Um, but what this what this business offers is a is a very is an opportunity to have a very passive income because building it is very 
What's the? There's uh, nothing passive about it. Yeah. It's, right. What's that? What's the word that's opposite? Passive? Um, aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the you're, word. But no, you're you're active. You're, it would be yes, you know. active. Thank you. That is the word. It's active as you're building it because you can't afford to pay a, a property management company um, to manage your one duplex. It right. makes it makes no sense. But when you have thirty of them, now it makes sense. And that's this business. It 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 can give you cash flow on a monthly basis. It can give you freedom and it gives you big piles of money via equity that you can tap into through a refinance or through a sale at any given time. Now that's slow money, right? It's, it's, that's why real estate is illiquid, mm -hmm. but with proper planning, you can set those things up to be occurring every year and have those big paydays every year that are tax-free events. And even on a sale, you know, let's say you've just kind of bored with a property or want to step it up, there are tax vehicles, the 1031 exchange, like that Monroe Plaza deal that we were talking about. If I decide I do want something twice that big, okay, I could sell it, take my profit and roll it into a bigger property and not pay property tax or not pay income tax right. or capital gains right. tax or re or depreciation recapture or any of it. Right. The idea is to defer it, defer it, defer it, and then hopefully eventually eliminate it. Right. As yeah. Far as defer it to death. And you know, if, with proper estate planning, you can have that figured out too. Um, and so, you know, when I start thinking about, and I, you know, in lieu of this episode or leading up to this episode, I, I, I was looking at my, my, um, I call it my global, real estate portfolio spreadsheet. It's because it sounds cool because it's global. They're all in Michigan. Woodworth worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, worldwide. Yeah. Everything's in Michigan right now. Although I have started looking in warmer climates. I start, I was, I, I am looking, I am looking. I want to, I want to take that step because I want something we can go visit right about now, right about now when it's cold in Michigan. But, um, so I was looking at all of that and it's like, man, you know, from, I, I mean, I don't want to seem braggadocious, but you and I, dude, like, I think of that house on McNeil, like it was no bigger than this room. Like we did not have shit. Didn't have a shower. It had a thing that hooked to the tub that yeah. you had to like. Yeah. <laughs> it was a <laughs> Luckily, neither one of us were as, as big as we are now, but God. it would have been even worse. Tiny, yeah, tiny house, no, no training whatsoever in in this world, and we just had an eye to know something better existed, and we took we took a bull by the horns, right? In my portfolio, now it's with partners. I own so much alone. You and I own stuff. It's a mixed bag, but there's almost $40 million in real estate that I'm a part of in 14, 15 years from zero. Yeah. That is like amazing to me. It is amazing. And it, I don't think yeah. about it yeah. very often because I'm always trying to find the next, the next, the next. But to for the fact that I did that and I'm not like not college educated, right? Yeah. I tell Jill from time to time that like, I'm a wasso smart. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of dumb, but I'm kind of smart. You know what I mean? Like it's 
it, listen, there's so much to know. You're never going to know it all. And that's, uh, you know what I mean? So just like hone in on something, hone in. Well, so you, so, you know, it's interesting because this is also your full-time job. You're doing it for yourself. You're in it for other people. Like you are 100% every day you're focused on real estate. So like this guy that came in and met with you today, who's got a nice W2 job. He wants to get started. Like, what do you think um, from what you've seen, like some obstacles or if I want, if I, if I look at you as my motivation and inspiration say, okay, I'm, I'm at zero today and I want $40 million of real estate in 15 years, but it's not my full-time job. Like, let's say I work wherever, like, how do I make that a focus and how can I take all of the steps necessary to accumulate that much? So it's kind of daunting. You know what I mean? It, it, it does seem that way. And that's why it's for 15 years. You know what I mean? It's not two years. And that's what I was explaining to this guy this morning. Like number one, you got time because you're at home and you're scrolling and if you just spend a little bit, even if it's a half an hour, if you spend a half hour every night looking for a real estate opportunity, you're going to find one. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be your full-time job. My full-time job is not looking for real estate for myself. It crosses my desk, but I'm always fine, you know, trying to work out deals for other people. I've got you know, employees to manage. We've got you know, a guy that just got pulled over in a moving truck in Detroit today. Like there's shit that's got to be dealt with in this business that I'm dealing with. So I'm not like in here 24 seven scouring the interwebs for, for deals for myself. Yeah. They happen and I take advantage of them. So I, what, what the, the difference is I'm always ready to seize an opportunity when I see one and I haven't seized all of them. I don't have enough money. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and like, if you see an opportunity you may not seize it personally, but then that's when you say, Hey client that's yes. done two or three deals with you. Like, well, here's an opportunity. And, and, and to be honest, it's like, I've had, because I am who, who I am and, and my um, fiduciary responsibility is actually to my clients first. I've ended up in some deals because they have asked me to join them. They were otherwise I wouldn't have been like they were uh, promoted and, and given to clients. And then I have ended up in them. A lot of what I've bought myself is the shit no one else would buy because yeah, I there's some truth to that, I guess. Yeah, there's a hundred dude. It, it, the best deals I have to show somebody else because then what, how is that my reputation? If, if, you know, Oh, Randy, you never get anything from him because he just buys it himself. No, well, I mean, you, I need those you, people. You may have that reputation right now, whether you do. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, but the people that the work, people that matter, yeah. the people that work with me know better because they've gotten advanced. They've gotten, they've gotten to take advantage. Yeah, and I've of taken them. advantage of some of those deals. So. And I've said it like, I say it all the time. I know this is a good deal because I want to buy it. Yeah. And I'm sitting across the table from a client. I'm like, I want this, but I told you I'd find this. Here it is. If you don't take it, I'm taking it. But I'm going to give that person that shot first. And I, there's been some big ones that I, man, oh man, no brainer deals that I structure. I mean, beautiful structure, everything. And they're, they're, these guys are, you know, made millions and millions of dollars on some of these deals. But I, I had to give it away. I had to give it away. So 
that's probably what's going to change in the next decade is, you know, I hand off the reins of, of the brokerage side of things to some of the other guys in the office. And then I can focus on, on, on them bringing me deals and I'll just be treated like another client. Yeah. But, but, you know, right now I think that number is 40. It could be 80 if I wasn't, you know, well, and if you were, if I wasn't honest, stuck with buying some of the stuff that nobody else wanted, because in some of those cases, it takes more time. It takes more work. You know, you talk about buying, right? Well, there's plenty of situations where we haven't bought right, but it was something we wanted to do. Not necessarily something that we should do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that, um, yeah. And it's the same thing though. You can't go broke making a profit. Um, you can't look at those decisions and think it was a bad thing because in the end you're sitting at a portfolio that, you know, what you, how quickly and how much you've amassed. It is impressive. And I'm proud of you, bro. I think it's uh it's, it's truly inspirational because, you know, you mentioned that house on McNeil street, like looking back at that, you're like, it's the whole nature versus nurture thing. Like yeah. you have no business being in this position today, given where we came from. Dude, when we, do you remember we, mom showed us a house and we both started crying. Yeah. Like we, I was in sixth grade and you were, I think you were maybe eighth grade. I was in fifth grade, but we cried. Yeah. Like we were not happy about having to move to that little piece of shit. Love you, mom. Thank you for making a I mean, place. She, for- she had to do. I mean, yeah, but it was a $300 a month house. Yeah. And I remember when we moved out, they immediately took the rent up and like, Mom told me the landlord felt sorry for us. Like it was, was she knew that she was underpaying at $300 a month. And it's just crazy. How do you, you know, you just Mike Leslie actually set us up with that house. Yeah. He knew the, knew the landlord and Morel. Yep. They all kind of felt sorry for us. So it's just pitiful people that we are. Yeah. Well, hey, from humble beginnings, you know, here we go. And I, and the next stop's 100 million. That's where I want to go. And then we'll, we'll adjust It's a moving it. target. It's a moving target. We'll adjust it from then. Micah, did I hear you say we're at 25 minutes? We're at 30 minutes. <laughs> I like, so, so we're tired of talking about the poop and, you know, the shitty side of this business. I wanted to just really talk about how much I enjoy it, how, how much of a blessing it's been to me and my brother, um, and, and how much more runway there is to go. I mean, the sky's the limits. I mean, Sky is absolutely the limit in yeah. this business, and it can provide uh, a life that you would never dream. But it takes action, and it takes getting started, and it takes getting your financial house in order first. I gave that boy this morning, I say boy, he's a young man, um, gave that young man a, a, the Total Money Makeover book. And rich dad, poor dad, and I said, read this one first because they're contradictory. They're, they're big time contradictory. But but you can't go into rich dad, poor dad in my mind without getting your financial house in order. That's why total money makeover from Dave Ramsey is important. I think once you have that base set, read rich dad, poor dad, and and, and you can take you can take some take it to the next level. Whew. I didn't. I didn't feel like I scratched the surface on yeah, what I want to talk about. There's so about. many good things we can talk about. But. We might. We might do a continuation. So this episode nine, we're gonna. We're, we may do a continuation. But uh, uh, thanks for tuning in. Subscribe if you're still listening. Uh, subscribe, please. Um, uh, so we'll sit here. We're gonna record another episode. Um, but uh, we don't know 100% what it's gonna be, Jim. But it's gonna be awesome. It is gonna be awesome. I hope. At least we think it is. <laughs> we know it is.